Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, hey, I'm Jimmy Bullard, and this is me old muck of Benners. We're back together, son. How are you? Hi, Bully. Great to be back working with you. What are we doing here, though? We're starting a football club in podcast form. The only thing we know, it's called FC Bullard. After that, it's all up for grabs. So, we haven't got any players, we haven't got a kit, we haven't got a club badge, we haven't got a stadium. Correct. FC Bullard. Welcome to the club. This is a crowd podcast. This episode is sponsored by Stairway to Kevin Roberts. To be more like Kevin, go to patreon.com forward slash Joe Marler Show, become an official sponsor, get bonus content and grow the show today. Joe Marler is a big hearted man and he's got a podcast plan. It's the Joe Marla Show. It's the Joe Marla Show. Oh, oh, oh. Hello and welcome to our show. Ah, show! 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 What show! Welcome to our show. Hello. I'm Joe Marla and this is Tom Fordyce. Hello, Tom. I don't know what happened there, Tom. <laughs> You sound if you had become a mouse overnight, if you'd um, been hit with a spell by a wicked witch and she turned you into a quite a large mouse. That is how you would Why sound. Why did they always like slag off mice as like, are you a man or a mouse? Why like why a mouse? Like what's are they really that like wet and pathetic? Like that people will use them to describe you be a man or a mouse. I think, arguably, Joe, a mouse is quite a brave creature because it has very little natural defences beyond a piercing squeak and yet it will venture out in the dark to get pieces of cheese or, I don't know what else, mice eat sandwiches at all times of the day and night. So, actually, there's a very strong argument that mouse is a very, very brave creature I'm definitely on that side of the argument because they're also, like, really resilient and strong against all those testing that gets done on them, you know, like for lipsticks and stuff. So their nails. And their nails get done as well. Yeah, it's a good point. Joe, um, what is this sound? That is uh, the end of my foreskin being pulled back and forth with an air bubble coming out. (laughs) (laughs) And that reminds me, Joe, that whenever an air bubble comes out of your penis... I don't know why I said that out loud. That sounds like a horse clippity-cloppeting its <laughs> way to the barrel of hay that they keep it in to eat. 
Well, it's funny you should say that, Joe, because that is exactly what that horse is doing. And on the way to its barrel of hay, it's wondering two things. It's wondering why its hay is being stored in a barrel when it's not a liquid. And it's also wondering if it can really be less than a month until the Joe Marler show goes live. Fuck. It's less than a month. One calendar month. That month mainly being March with a little bit of April. When's the first show? <laughs> Let me just get my calendar, Joe. What's it? The first show, Joe, is... Wednesday, the 12th of April, Fuck in Glasgow. Off. The second show, Joe, Tuesday, April the 18th, also of April, the Palladium in London. Now, listen, I know we're both a little bit panicky about this, but I can reveal, Joe, there are still a handful of tickets for the Palladium and the Glasgow show. The others sold out. Bristol, Bosch, Manchester, Bosch, Birmingham, all gone. Your chance, Joe. Well, no, it's your chance. You're coming. Your chance, dear listener. To come to see the Joe Marler Show live is number one in Glasgow, number two at the Palladium. Get yourself there. Joe, where might the link be found? I think it'll be in the episode description, but that's not really what I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about how many tickets I could hold in my hand when you said there's a handful of tickets left. <laughs> like, if if they're like thin, tiny paper ones, say the Palladium holds, I think off the top of my head, holds roughly two and a half thousand. Correct, Joe. The really thin bits of paper saying a handful of tickets left could literally mean we've not sold a single fucking ticket. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So I am I'm worried. Particularly, Joe, in an era where smartphone technology means that most people will download their tickets uh, into the wallet on their smartphone and could thus literally be several palladiums worth of tickets in the smartphone in their hand. Oh, this is... Right, my mind's... My mind is... Fucking shrinking and blowing <laughs> all at the same time consecutively. I'm more fucking blown away with fear than I was with Dr. Becky Smethurst, the black hole specialist. That's how panicky, kinicky from Greece I am. The sense I'm getting, Joe, is that we have an awful lot of work to do over the next month. We need to get planning for the opening night in Glasgow. In the meantime, would you like to know who we have on the show today? Unless it's someone that does live show planning. Uh, <laughs> yeah, actually, go on. Yes, I am. It'll help me take my mind off of it. Who have we got? Well, check the link in the episode description or the title of the episode. Why should I tell you? Don't be so fucking lazy. You're rude, aren't you? It's a removal, man. Let's get on with it. Okay. Our guest today is Chris, and he works for a removal business. Hello, Chris. Hello. Nice for having me. Bit Welcome, Chris. Thank you. So you're a removal guy? Yep. Whereabouts are you based? So based in Hull, in Yorkshire. Hull? Oh. Aye. Uh, aye, aye. <laughs> well, we're not that far. We're not Geordie land. Ooh. <laughs> Why is that noise? No, because like, Hull's a bit more... Ooh. Ooh. It's the only place in Yorkshire that doesn't have a Yorkshire accent. Oh, yeah. Is it in Yorkshire? Are you sure it's not Lancashire? Nice, it's Yorkshire. Lancashire? What tree? Lancashire? <laughs> it's nowhere near. Well, they're next to each other. Well, that bit of Yorkshire so they are is. Near. Well, really. there's, there's a big river that separates them, like. Oh. Just going to put that out there, like. <laughs> okay, so you're. <laughs> You've never been to Hull, have you, Jay? I've been to. Like I said, I've been to Skipton. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Which so is 20 miles Hull. south of. Uh, and the rest. Is it? 40 miles south. Mm. Removals, Joe. Yep. Removing myself from this operation because <laughs> I'm fucking shit at it. 
Removals. Like, talk us through a removal day from start to finish. You're just moving shit, surely. Well, yeah, there's a bit more to it than just moving shit. <laughs> like, like, I it's mean, good like, thing for this episode. Th- there's quite, a, there's, there's quite a bit of technical side of it. Like, if you've got to think, modern sofas nowadays are quite big. Houses, doorways are quite small. Same as some furniture. So these are technical aspects of it of like trying to get things through doors without causing any damage or anything like that. So usual day, get up. Depending on what type of job it is, is depending on what time we start. So we generally arrive there, find out the customer's absolutely fucking lad, and there's a lot more than what they said on the initial <laughs> quote. <laughs> so it's common that, so we turn up, and then it's just a case of get it in the van as quickly and as careful as possible, drop it off. If we have to go back, depending on how many vans we got, might have to go back, load the van again, and it's just rinse and repeat. Right, the room we're in here, Chris, uh, describe this for our listeners. It's not massive, is it, Joe? It's a cupboard. It's a cupboard. It's, it's a triangular shape. It's probably eight foot. Fucking what? Triangular shape, isn't it? It is a little bit triangular. It's got four sides. Yeah, there was one what side. What defines a triangle, There Tom? was a side behind me I couldn't see. <laughs> <laughs> it has got in it, Chris, if you've got a table, yep. which is almost triangular as well. It's also got five sides, the table. <laughs> All right, it's got three microphones, it's got a TV and it's got one, two, three chairs. Chris, you come in here yeah. in the morning, how quickly are you packing this room? We'll have it out in about a couple of minutes. Couple of minutes? Cardboard boxes? Well, depending if you already already packed your stuff up, which most people, we give people the option, we either pack their stuff, bits and bobs, or they can pack it themselves. A lot of people pack themselves. So if you'd already packed, it'd be out in minutes. Why do they? Why, why do you think people pack it themselves rather than you? Is it a trust thing? I think, yeah, a lot of people, it's... it's Don't want to find, like... Yeah, well, well, with that thing, like we found one where we found double-ended flashlights behind wardrobes, and then handing them back to the, the kids' mum. <laughs> <laughs> the kids' mum as well. Not even like. Did you not just pack it like an like ordinary right, item? What it was, we'd done this house move. We weren't supposed to be taking any of the small items, so we weren't taking second boxes or anything. So we moved the wardrobe in the lad's twenty-one-year-old son's bedroom, and lo and behold, the box fell out with a double-ended flashlight. Oh, so, what? Hang on, hang on. I saw it. I, I genuinely, I just thought you'd like got confused between. I didn't want to pick up on it, but got confused between a double-ended dildo, because I have never. But you'll be. It's a double-ended flashlight. Yeah. What? So there's a hole on each end. Well, I didn't want to get out of the box, but yeah, it said double-ended flashlight on it. Like, so I like, think one, one, one side was the back and one side was the oh, front. So, like, we could do... <laughs> <laughs> so you had to give it to the kid's mum? Yeah, because it was like, there was no, we were dismantling the wardrobe, that, so there was nowhere to put it. Oh, you bastard. So you you have... bastard. You couldn't have even held it. Like, you had to give it to the kid's mum. You couldn't have just kept it, like, discreetly and gone, mate, I found your double-ended flashlight. Any good? Um, give some feedback on it. I won't tell you, man, but you just have it like that. Do you know what I mean? Instead, you go, you go, love, I think this is, uh, <laughs> I think this belongs to your son. What was her facial expression like, Chris? Uh, at first, it was a bit shocked, and then she tried to say it was a gag Christmas gift and it had never been out of the box, but the box was open and it looked well used. <laughs> <laughs> it looked well used. <laughs> Thing is, you could, you've got so much wrapping material, Chris. You could have at least put a bit of tissue paper around it. And again, stop. the problem is we want on the smalls, so there's now we could eat what we want. Putting those, so it was one of them things that we didn't have no boxes with us because we weren't anticipating any of that. So it was like there was actually nowhere to put it. So it was just give it back to the mum. I mean, we've done worse. We did a 60 year old woman's move. We moved a bed 
and there was like a seven-inch vibrator underneath it. Now, she had family around, you didn't want to go downstairs, you don't really want to say to her, come up here, we found a sex toy on the floor, because she's like an, old, an older lady. So you sat there and you're like, right, what do we do? So my member of staff went and picked it up, put his, put, he put his hand over his, like, bent to pick it up, he started vibrating his hand, so we just put it in a bedside drawer. <laughs> so when she went back to her house and she moved up, opened the drawer, she would have realised that we've moved that and put it in there. <laughs> Joe, Joe, when you moved house, um, how long ago was that? Six, six, yeah, six years ago, I think. Do you and Daisy pack by yourself, or did you have outside assistance? Yeah, we packed all, all the house up ourselves, but we had to buy the boxes from the removal company. Do you, do you sell boxes as an option? Uh, we used to, but then as like the lockdown came into effect and there was a massive cardboard shortage, so the price that I was paying for cardboard boxes and then my storage fees, I couldn't match some of like, the bigger suppliers on Amazon, so we had to it's something we backed off from. Yeah. Just for the fact it was not financially viable for a company yeah. to sell boxes. Not unless you buy it, you've got a warehouse to store maybe 150 pallets worth at a time. Yeah, so we did that. We just got the uh, boxes off of them and then did each room and labelled it all and then they just move it all for us, but... I wish I'd have got them to pack it all up. Takes forever. And then unpack it all. But then the unpack it all is... The good aspect, isn't it? Well, it's it's the confusing bit for us. That I, when I see people having removals, unpack it for them, when I go, surely you want to do that? Because the removals people don't know where the fuck you want to put it. Or do you know what I mean? You're gonna you're double moving stuff, because they'll all unpack it all. Even if you say put all that stuff in the kitchen, take it all out the boxes, you're still then gonna move it all. So it's, it blows my mind really when I see people doing that. Don't know what my point was. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that's astonished me, Chris, when I've seen the packing process being done, is the speed that you guys can wrap stuff. Yeah. I would say three times the speed, Joe, that an ordinary human being could wrap something. Bang, in the box. It's that experience, so when they're doing it on a day-to-day -day basis, it's like when it comes to getting sofas out, we've had people that have like, they've tried to get the sofas out, we've turned up and like they said, oh, we're going to get it outside because people try and save themselves money, obviously, especially in the current climate. Uh, and then like, people try to get the sofas out and they've had it wedged into the doors for and they're walking and you're just like, oh, no, not again. So then you have to then try and get their wedge out, get it back out. But again, it's the experience side of things. People think wardrobes and stuff can bend round corners. <laughs> So we had one customer uh, said, oh, we'll bring everything downstairs to make it cheaper for you guys. So yeah, fair enough. I'd explained to them the wardrobe that they needed to come in downstairs had to be dismantled because it was large. We turned up in the morning, it was wedged on the stairs. So we had to try and dismantle it while it was wedged on the <laughs> stairs. Yeah, it wasn't fun. It's like that scene from Friends. Oh, the pivot scene. Pivot! <laughs> pivot! Do you know, pivot! Every time I see that, I laugh and think you could get that up there really easily. It's just... Piece of piss? Yeah, piece of piss. What, you'd have been able to nail it if well, you were there with them? Well, you got to think sofas are trying to take it up that way, like on, a, on its like lay flat. You actually stand them up on their end, sofas, to get around tight corners. So it's resting on one of the arms and then straight upright, and then it just goes straight around. I like, we laugh every time, because my missus is a massive Friends fan, yeah. and I get a bit annoyed about it because I've mostly seen every episode about 300 <laughs> times. So every time that one comes on, it's like, yeah, that's easy. This is bollocks. Yeah. This is a fraud. This is a fraudulent <laughs> episode. They've completely, yeah. they could really suck. I've even used the, on one of my TikToks, we've got the pivot thing on one of the TikToks getting a big sofa upstairs. So what uh, are they the biggest logistical nightmares? Sofas, what are the worst things uh, that you've had to deal with? So sofas, obviously, with them being large and bulky, wardrobes and then pianos and, like, pool tables. Fucking hell, pianos. Surely there's a lot of, like, pressure. Not only is it hard to lift a piano... They're not that hard. 
Oh, what? really? Honestly, right, you, you, there's a, even on our TikTok, there's one of our smaller members of staff picks one up and carries it really, really easy. They've got a carry handle at the back, you put it around at the front. They only weigh about 250 kilo. Between two That's here. That's a lot. Between two here, they are actually quite. We've had customers that have had, uh, they've had them upstairs and been like, can you bring it downstairs for me? And then you look at it, look at the stairs and go, how did it get up there? Oh, two guys lifted it over the banister rail and carried it up. And he sat there thinking, not a chance of that go up there like that. He didn't, we didn't bring it down in the end anyway. It was like health and safety risk massively. So, but yeah, pianos are a bit of a nightmare. Do you find yourself like shitting yourself when you're packing up someone's house? Have you ever been in a situation where you've broke something that's either valuable or sentimental? Or uh, never directly broken anything in that respect, but we've we've witnessed it happen with other removal companies taking stuff out of people's houses. The, the best one was uh, if a customer wraps a TV with TVs. If it's not in a box, it isn't insured. So if a customer wraps a TV, you unwrap it and wrap it yourself. We've watched a removal company carrying someone's big telly out by the wrapping. It slides off and just hits the tail lift and it just writes off and it's one of them real expensive. Like I mean, I've got a, one of them OLED TVs and it was more expensive than mine. And mine was like 1,500 quid. So God knows how much that telly was worth. And then they just blame the customer because they wrapped it wrong. I think the most paranoid I get, have you ever seen them chest of drawers where they're just completely mirrored? Yeah. They're, they're the only items where I look at and I go, shit. Because the mirrors are on the corners, so you, you can't rest it on anything other than the legs. So if you're trying to get a big one of the, and they're not light at all, they're quite heavy. So you're trying to get one of these mirrored units down the stairs, you know full well because the mirror's glued to the wood that it's got a lot of tension. So if you touch that anywhere, it just shatters. So they're the ones, they're the only items where, I, whenever my customer mentions I've got them, I'm like, fuck's sake. And they look ugly anyway, they want people to buy them. They're absolutely place. horrible. You've done them a favour, fucking break <laughs> What about, have you ever done a grand piano? No. Would that, how would that go into a house? Would you take a window out? Uh, grand pianos, it's not something I've experienced, but something like that, because of the width and size and stuff like that, I don't, I don't think they'd get in a normal house. And I think quite a lot of them, they dismantle and break down. So you actually take quite like the legs off, the, the panels and front panels and side panels will come off them and dismantle. My, a mate of mine's recently got a pool table. Fucking hell. Is it a pub one You're or is, a high it, roller, is, it, is it? Is it a semi-commercial? It is, um, it is a really nice, it's not a pub one, it's a really nice, it's an, it's an English pool table, it's got massive fat legs on it, and he's got it put in a room where it pretty much fits, but there was one point where he wanted it shifting about an inch, because he was trying to cue from the bulk, and it was just, the cue was just hitting the wall, so he thought he'd just push it, he said it's impossible, it's so heavy. Yeah, they do wear, I mean, average pool table is 250 to 350 kilo, now if you take the slate bed out, you can probably reduce that by about 100 kilo. But then a lot of people don't know how to take the slate beds out. So, because you've got to unclip it all where the ball section is, you take that pit off and you can reach it and unclip them all. Can you? So, but we've took a pool table up two flights of stairs. How many men? Uh, two. Two? If you go onto our TikTok, you'll, I mean, I used to be a lot bigger than I was. I used to be P24 in this business. And I, my brother in law was a business partner, he's a powerlifter. So he grabs lots of machines and just puts them on his shoulders and walks off of them. But is it, are you better served being a smaller guy who's strong? Because then you can get round the nooks and crannies, yeah, so the, the different things, or you just want these big units that are just fucking carry can carry anything. Well, but, I've got a big unit who can carry anything, but because of his size, we call him T Rex. He's strong as heck, but he's not got the reach. So he's only got a span. Whereas, like me, I'm still relatively strong, can still bench hundred key. So with me and math, even like the way I am and the way I'm built, I find things really, really easy to carry yeah. and move around. So I'm not that big. Like there's like Aaron, if we go into like an attic and we've got to bring it down, he can't go upstairs because he can't carry anything down and bring it downstairs. He's like over 100 kilo of pure muscle, so he just he can't move. I think from the sound of that, Chris, that me and Joe would actually make quite a good removals team. Would we? 
well, you're a rugby player, so you've got a bit of strength for you, you have strength for you, won't you? Yeah, but like, you know, you, the speed at which you're answering some of these questions tells me how fucking sharp you are with, like, the speed at which you just broke down that pool table and what you'd need to do to move that like that tells yeah. me that you know your onions. Tom here <laughs> doesn't know his onions. Fact. I don't know my onions. I'm just like at least eleven times stronger than Tom, so that's the only benefit we've <laughs> that's got. That's probably factually true. Eleven times. Yeah, yeah. Well, we've, sometimes, we've done some tests. sometimes pure strength though is a problem, yeah. because when you're pure strong, you've got heavy-handed. Yeah. So the the idea removals is is it's being strong but being delicate with that strength at the same time. That's a very hard balance to get. So when you because you sometimes when you've got to be brutally strong, but you've also got to be very careful because what you're carrying is very expensive. So it's like a double edged it's double edged blade. Like Aaron, he's really really strong. He's being able to get really light and delicate with his strength, but that took him a couple of months to get used to that. But again, anyone with a couple of months experience of removals will do easy. Chris, I'm going to name an item and um, can you tell us how heavy it is and then tell us whether you think Joe could take it up two flights of stairs by himself? Yeah. Okay, uh, fridge? Uh, uh, double one or a normal one. Double. Double one, average about 50 kilo, up two flights of stairs, on your own. Mm. <sighs> Not do it. It's doable if you haven't got a high ceiling. Obviously, if it's someone else's possession, like if it's a waste, yeah, it easily get upstairs on his own. It's tough, no. You don't fancy it? Can do a double fridge? I'll do my own, yeah. Not doing other people's. That's the thing, grabbing something on your own, like when it's your own, it's different. So like like Aaron, he can grab a washing machine on his own. He won't do it with a customer's washing machine. He'll only do it once going for scrap. Because obviously yeah. when you're carrying it on your own, there's that inevitable risk you could drop on damage it. That one really got me when I was moving our washing machine because I was like, yeah, that should be all right. I've moved a tumble dryer, piece of piss. Let's try and move the washing machine. Didn't realise there was fucking concrete. concrete in the bottom of it. And then I'm like, why the fuck is it made out of concrete? <laughs> 65, 75 kilo washing machine. Bang. And then, yeah, I still struck. It's quite, I like it though. I do like yeah. a washing machine carry because you can like jam it on your gut a bit and yeah. you lean back and once you get yourself balanced yeah. and you've got enough of the the width in your arms to get your, get Where your finger's it, gripping. I like it. Just the, the. On the metal? On the thingy of it. I'll just hook my monkey grip like that. And more jam it into my gut more. That's yeah. where the security is. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, so that is a fridge. What about a single armchair, Chris? Single armchair, up a flight of stairs. So single armchair, average weight's between 30 and about 60 kilo. Getting them up a flight of stairs or on your own depends on the back of it. So if it's a low back sofa, easy. High back sofa, two-man job. Joe? Uh, why am I putting an armchair upstairs? You're a, a removals man. What's it going upstairs for? People do take them upstairs. Who the fuck wants an armchair upstairs? You've got one of those funny houses where the lounge is on the first floor. Fucking who's got a house like that? Townhouse. Quite a lot of them are classic, like that now. Classic townhouse. Yeah. The lounge is on the middle floor? Yeah. Lounge What's on... on the bottom floor? Garage. Or kitchen. kitchen. Garage and kitchen usually, yeah. Nah, fuck off. Yeah, I'm, it's cotton... I'm putting a lounge in all the garage. New, all new build, three storeys that have got a garage will have the living room on the middle floor. No. It's a classic but... townhouse setup, Joe. Well, that's stupid because... You have the bedrooms upstairs because... The bedrooms are still upstairs, they're just more upstairs. You walk in the front door, yeah. you've got a narrow entrance hall, possibly, Chris, correct me if I'm wrong, a single toilet on the right, the garage on the left, yeah. you go through to the kitchen, then you go up the flight of stairs, lounge, possibly one bedroom, one bedroom bathroom, usually, yeah. bingo, upstairs, a couple more bedrooms. Townhouse. Never heard of that, mate. I remember like a mate of mine, and that was fucking bad enough as it was, we'd walk in on the floor level, front door, and there's his... Kitchen, like garage bit, lounge. Kitchen garage bit. Well, he's got a kitchen there. I thought you'd say like a kitchen diner, so 
I thought you were talking about a combo kitchen garage. No, just Proceed. a kitchen and a garage, <laughs> then a lounge bit, and then you go downstairs and there was the three bedrooms and the bathroom and that went into the garden downstairs and that was fucked as it was. Like, why has he got an upside-down house? All right. Now you're saying you've got a three-storey house with the lounge on the middle floor and I've got to carry an armchair up the set of stairs. If I'm if I'm talking to the customer and they're saying, put that armchair on the set, I said, no, move your lounge down here. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking idiot. <laughs> okay, so that is the uh, double fridge, that's the armchair. The next one, Chris, the chandelier. <gasps> that classic only fools and horses. Oh, chandeliers. Uh, they're usually well wrapped anyway, aren't they? But it's a crystal chandelier anyway. But uh, yeah, they're easy. They don't weigh a lot. So it's probably looking about 10 to 20 kilo. <sighs> it's, it's not something you often move like, though. It's not... I don't think you really get many of them in, especially most townhouses anyway, do you know? Not not in all anyway, I don't think anyone's got the money. Who the fuck has <laughs> got chandeliers these days? It might be a stately home, Joe. A stately home? stately home, yeah. No. What's the worst house you've ever gone in that's made you go, I don't want to do this anymore? So I went into, going back a year and a half ago, I went into a woman's house. Certain customers, if their house in a bit of a state and you know that they've maybe got some mental health illnesses sad, yeah, take on it's a lot lot different but when you go into somebody's house who's copious mentors sound of mind there's used sanitary towels everywhere there's black bin bags piled everywhere there's mouse droppings cat litter trays overloaded you end up being sick and just being like yeah nah see you later and walk out you sack it off yeah i just walk straight out i didn't i just said to her look not being funny my staff's health is more important than getting you moved no amount of money is going to make me touch your stuff <laughs> and i just left and then I, so like oh, it was me the mouse droppings and then like all the used sanitary towels were the things that really went, nah, enough's enough. Yeah, when you walk in somewhere like that and you just, it's one of them where you have to wipe your feet when you come out kind of situations. So, I mean, you, you go into some, like, you move people's sofas, you anticipate, like, people don't move sofas to over up. People get really paranoid about, oh, I'm real sorry I've not overed up. But you anticipate, but you go into some people's houses, like, one where she goes, oh, sorry, my dog's just pulled upstairs, I've not had a chance to clean it. What? You go upstairs and there's about 20 pounds of shit in every single room and you're like, what? your dog's not just done this. I'll be, I'll be honest with you here. Oh? I've experienced this myself. Someone was moving out of a pub and I think I was about 15, 16 and I wanted some pocket money and they were like, here, mate, we need some stuff moving, like sofas and all that, like downstairs. It's, do you fancy helping out? And I said, yeah, all right, I'll do that. So I go upstairs. They said, oh, can you start upstairs in like the spare lounge bit that they had? Hang like, on, where was this lounge? Ups. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the downstairs was the pub. Well. Well, they can't have their lounge in the pub, can they? Just saying, upstairs lounges, Joe. All over the place. Oh, yeah. Flats as well. Flats. Oh, yeah. We had a lounge in a flat once. <laughs> <laughs> Back to your story about the pub. Yeah, so I've got in there and uh, their spare lounge bit and I've pulled the sofa away and it was the room that they'd have the cats in. And... Like, there was a litter tray in the corner, which was full, but where they're, like, just not bothered, there was shit everywhere. Like, the whole room was a litter tray. Yeah. And I'm like, look, I might leave my old bowl here on the floor or my plate there. But they're just letting this whole... And I was like, what the fuck? But I was so desperate for the money, I still carried on. Some people just don't care, though, do they? Do you know how they live in that? But that's bonkers. Have you, do you ever let the kids shit on the floor and not pick it up? <laughs> no. Oh, you always pick it up, do you? They don't shit on the floor. Oh, they don't shit on the floor? No, they're 11 and 8. Oh, really? When did they stop? 
<laughs> what else have you found in houses then, Chris, that would disgust us? Oh, I don't know where to start. Well, other than the average, obviously, your standard sex toys and all that sort of stuff. Standard sex toys. Standard yeah. ones, yeah. Well, the sta is sta every house moves near enough standard now. You, you, you will see some of But, I mean, oh, there's just where you go into a house where you know, you know they've not cleaned up in a long time or one where we went into a cottage, two up, two down, they had 15 cat litter trays in the kitchen. The ammonia just burnt your eyes as you walked in. 15? Cat litter trays in a two up, two down cottage. Yeah, it burnt your eyes as you walked in. You had to, we had to get them to pass the stuff out the door because we didn't want to go in. Because literally, the, obviously, cat weed's covered in ammonia in it, so you walked in and it burnt your eyes. You literally come out and you could taste it on your throat. Oh. Yeah. What about any, like, animal? Have you ever moved, like, a box or something and then fuck a load of rats have come out of you or mice uh, or...? Did a clearance in December, though, in December, just after Christmas, uh, for a family that we do quite a lot of work for. And we went into the shed to clear the shed out, and it was just rats everywhere. I don't mean, like, everywhere. <laughs> just like, everywhere. So do you deal with that yourself, or do you then get someone else in to deal with that, like, well, as a side contract? Well, or? I, as well as the removals, we don't just do house removals, so we have multiple vehicles, so we have clearance teams as well. So we, we organise the clearances and do that sort of stuff as well. So what, like... Yeah, so we like go... Hoard, like, say, like, hoarders' houses. Oh, or, yeah. Like, say right. that houses there's, that someone's been... There's money in them, you know. Is there left. You there's, have to, there's you, money in them. So you get employed to come in and just clear, clear it all out? It, yeah, clear like it all out. Like council houses or stuff like that that have been taken back over. Oh, all. yeah. But then there's money in them. Honestly, we've just did a clearance... I've come away with about a grand's worth of Christmas vintage Christmas decorations that I know all on eBay. So, you get to keep the stuff inside? Well, because I'm a licensed waste dealer, so I'm an upper-tier waste dealer, so like most clearance guys only have like a lower tier, so when they're paid to take something, they have to dump it, but because I'm a dealer, I can take what I like and sell it on. Right, we need to get into this, Joe. So what, when you've no, been doing no. clearances, what have you found and what have you made money out of? So my best found today was a mouseman chair from the 1940s. Uh, it had a value of about 1,200 quid. A, a mouseman? A mouseman chair, yeah. It's a Robert Mouseman chair. So he engraves like mouse. It's common in a lot of churches. It comes from a church clearance. Uh, and he has like mouses engraved into like the legs and stuff. It had a value of 1,200 quid. I just, because I didn't pay for it, straight onto eBay, 690 quid. It was gone within about five minutes. What about radiators? Radiators. Like old school steel. Again. Is it yeah, it's iron. Iron? Yeah, they're hard to sell, so then it's just straight to scrapyard. And you just take the money for that. For but the then metal. you're getting like £180, £160, £180 a ton. Still decent. I've got loads of like, I've got a set of Cinderella Christmas lights on eBay at the minute, starting bit at 80 quid. I found these in a clearance. They're average, you go for around 250 quid online. It's for like a Christmas lights from the 80s. What? Fucking hell. Are we in the right business? No. My One of my new hobbies is astrophotography. So I get big telescopes, point camera at the sky. I come home two weeks ago with a £700 telescope. I imagine when you do a clearance, Chris, there's the stuff that's in the main rooms and then you go into the attic and there'll be stuff that hasn't been touched for years. What sort of stuff have you found up there? So they're the good ones. So you get things like, I think my, one of my best fans is a trowel from 1888. Which oh, was, a trowel? Yeah, but it had an ivory handle on it and it was all engraved. Oh, so it was actually from a school in Hull of Baker Street School. It was a memorial trowel for the first brick laid. Oh. Do you know? So. You're, you're way more than just a removal man. Uh, you, you're I, like a semi-archaeologist, you've, you've a, a waste clearer, you're a fucking dealer, detective. waste dealer, may I add? You've got, you've, you've got a double into that, haven't you? Like, as a director, my lads, they're on 15 quid an hour, so my lads can earn a, a, a really good whack. As a director, I make 170 quid a week, so... Like, and obviously I probably work 70 hours a week for that so like if I can salvage and sell and then line my pockets with that it, it saves the business having to pay me and lining my pockets and I line it from that instead Right, the trowel, what else in the attics? 
in the attics, computers, old retro computers, desk, and they're a good seller as well. You'll, oh, are they? Why? Everyone's in re- retro gaming collections now, aren't they? So they're, they're a good oh, seller. How do you find an Amstrad or... ZX Spectrum. I've got some Spectrum no. ZX games at the minute on sale for eBay at the minute. Have you? So yeah, all boxed like that. Come out of an attic uh, about two weeks ago. So Chris, what's your eBay name, please? Uh, it's Random Oddities. Random. Random hyphen Oddities. Yeah. What's a hyphen? Dash Oddities. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell! I love it. I love this shit. <laughs> what about Chris? Because often people will put in their attic stuff that they don't want other people to see. What have yeah. you found in that regard? So, say last week, for instance, I was like 200 to 300 vintage porn magazines. Yeah. Vintage porn? All like your fiestas and all your, from your 80s and stuff, and then like starter bondage kits. Starting on? A it, starter bondage well, kit? Well, it had like a whip and a chain and, a, and like a lead in it, and then like bondage masks and yeah. That's a starter kit? There's some, weird, sounds like there's some weird stuff we found kit. in attics, honestly. Our, one of our recent TikTok videos actually showed a picture of all these porn mags on the floor in our van. So, hang on, let me clarify that bit. Was it a clearance? Or a removal, so you're moving it to someone else. To so go it to was a, a clearance. House. So with removals on our TikTok, I'm really we've put customers and stuff because obviously most of our customers are real decent people. So I like to keep their confidentiality where it is. So when we do like TikToks with our removals, it's generally funny things like doing the old uh, chuckle vision to me to you while we're carrying sofas. Nice. In. But clearances, we'll put what all the seedy stuff we found goes on our TikTok. Joe, let's say there are some circumstances where you're having to have your house cleared by Chris. Yeah. Number one, which room are you most worried about Chris going into? Number two, which box or drawer is verboten, is Chris banned from? Verboten? You don't want Chris to go into it. The one I'm worried about is, it's not a worry. In fact, he can't go in there. It's my car, like when my work car. I'll tidy it up and then like within a day or two it is completely stacked with dirty Ooh, training kit, empty wrappers, food, clean kit, clean clothes, jackets, shoes, hats, neck harnesses. <laughs> At the moment I've got a pillow and a baby bath rocker in the boot, two jackets, just all sorts. Yeah, I hoard basically. This is all in the polo. This is all in the polo. The room in my house I'd be most concerned about is probably my bedroom. It would be all my clothes that would really worry me if Chris comes in because I've got about 100 T-shirts and at least 40, 40 pairs of shoes. And what's your main concern? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> How long it would take for him to fucking do it? Well, let's, let's ask Chris. 100 T-shirts... Well, would they be all bagged up already? No, you're you're bagging them. Well, do you want them folded or not? Oh. So, well, you're going to want, because obviously you could just grab a bag and it'd take a minute to yeah. ram, ram them straight in, do you know what I mean? I'd like them folded. I don't, it's not something I don't think I'd offer that. Start. <laughs> <laughs> you want them folded or not? Folded. No, we don't do that. <laughs> Was that okay? Fine. Um, but uh, we do think about this, about our house and how long it would take for us to pack it all up because... You don't realise until you start doing it how much crap and how much shit you've actually got in yeah. your house. Do you know what I mean? That That's you go... massive. Like everyone does the same. So like you go around to like you go and do a job quote and you like you go around the property and you look at what's to go and you think right yeah I give them that quote fair enough and then you turn up in the morning and have managed to pull like another thirty boxes out from literally nowhere. And you're like where the fuck <laughs> did this come from? It wasn't here when I viewed it. 
But yeah, that that is quite common that because you don't know what you've got until you start boxing it when you get everything out of cupboards and stuff. All of a sudden you realise you've got a lot of shit you don't need. What's the longest removals you've had? So you said here earlier on that it would take you a matter of minutes to pack up this three, room. Three days. Three days? Three days. And what sort of gap uh, was that? It was a very, very large house, an elderly couple, uh, and it was done over three... We probably could have done it in two, but because of being elderly and stuff, they wanted to kind of stretch out a little bit because doing too much at any one day for them was a bit too much. So, yeah, three days is our longest on one job. Fucking... They just have so much stuff yeah, as well. Yeah, there was a lot of van loads coming out. I mean, there was three or four van loads just of pots from the garden. Oh, pots from the garden. Yeah, like plant pots. Must say the worst, isn't it? Not the worst, but yeah, the old people are they are... the worst or are they the best? Actually, nicest customers. Right. The nicest customers like to approach and like they, they communicate with you real well. And like what I've generally found is your elder generation. Anyone I'd say I won't even say elder. I'd say anyone above the age of fifty, uh, you'll appreciate appreciate the job you do for them. You find like a lot of the younger generation just don't give a fuck. And they don't, you, you, you like, you, you don't, I, I mean, because you're getting paid for a service, you don't expect, a, like, you don't, I need a thank you. But when you when you go above and beyond for a customer, sometimes it be nice for them, say, oh, yeah, cheers for that. And, like, with someone, you just, with the young ones, you just don't get fuck all. Joe, we should have some adverts. When we come back, if you can, I'd like you to say whether you tipped the removals people last time you moved house, and if so, how much? Shrink the Box is back for a brand new season. This is the podcast where we put our favourite fictional TV characters into therapy. Join me, Ben Bailey-Smith, and our brand new psychotherapist, Namone Metaxas. Hi, Ben. Yes, this season we're going to be putting the likes of Tommy from Peaky Blinders, Cersei from Game of Thrones on the couch to learn why their behaviour creates so much drama. So make sure you press the follow button to get new episodes as soon as they land on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. Shrink the Box is a Sony Music Entertainment original podcast. Those were the adverts. Joe, before the advert break, I asked you the last time you moved house whether you tipped the removals people and if so, how much. Your answer is... I can't remember. Do you get tips, Chris, at an yeah. overnight gig particularly? Yeah, you do get a lot of tips. I mean, it generally comes in, so you'll do a move, you'll give them the, you'll give them the invoice and then all of a sudden they'll back you loads of cash. Oh, I think I, yeah, I, think I rounded yeah. it up. The invoice, I just added more and they were like, you've overpaid us and then I was like... No, no, it's just it's the just, extra. It's just, just the way I am. Just like a generous up. legend. Just, there you go. Well, also because I don't like paying like odds. You what? Well, I don't really like paying odds. Paying odd numbers? Not odd numbers, but like, say the job was 678 quid. I don't like paying 678 quid. Why? Well, it's odd. It's not that odd. Well, why couldn't it be 700 quid or 650? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So I'm like, there you go, there's 700 quid. So regardless of what the value is of the thing you're buying, you just like it to be a, a rounder number? Well, it just fucks me off when... It's like when someone says, oh, how much is that bottle? Oh, it's 99p. Well, why is it not a pound? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like, make it easier for me because I don't want the penny back. No, but when you're removal thing, you're not paying 674 quid in cash, are you? Sometimes. OK. It depends on, yeah. it depends on what yeah, they want. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Chris, how much does, um, in fact, I'm going to give you different house sizes. Can you tell us how much this gig might cost? Yeah. Your standard three-bed semi, uh, there's uh, mum and a dad and two kids. So is it a local move or national? Yeah, he's going from one side of hell to the other. So 
average size property, something like that, you'd be looking about four fifty up to five seventy. So if you hell, that, I'd say that's really reasonable. That's pretty reasonable. Fucking if you were hell. doing the same sized house, Chris, and rather than going across Hull, you're going to Skipton, which is, as Joe knows, is about twenty miles south of Hull. <laughs> and the rest. And the rest. How much to skip to? Well, the minute, so when we're loading in all, you'd be at £90 an hour still. The minute we leave, it, that goes up to £115 an hour because when you're on a motorway and you've got weight in your van, you're using a lot more fuel, so stuff like that. So obviously we charge a little bit different. We have a local and national rate. So depending on skip to, depending again, if you're looking at two vans, you'd probably be looking around 13, 1400 quid. Still think it's reasonable. If I decided to buy a house in Hull, hang on, yeah. And I want you to move all my stuff from Efield, so you've got to come from Hull yeah. to pick it up. Yeah. Would you do that? Yeah. Oh yeah, we do. We do. And then you. Yeah. And then you go back. Yeah. And then you go back. Yeah. So then what you do is what you do is you pay in for the way down there, and then you pay for return as well. So you, you pay to way travel. So a lot of companies they always try and like. Say like if you was moving from London, it'd actually be cheaper for you to get a, a Hull company if say you're going to Hull because their rates would be a lot cheaper than the guys that are down here. So at the end of the day, the removal companies would have to go both ways anyway. So they'd have to do two trips regardless whether the, which way they was coming from. So it's always better to get the ones away from the major cities because they're going to be cheaper. This episode is sponsored by the following marvellous people. Megan, would I lie to you? Dick and Dom, John Newbold. Captain Neil Morgan, Fifty Shades of Phil Gray, PC Pete Clark, the yeast man Daniel Beers Baker, it's so, so quiet. Gareth Burke, the Powerade Aid Griffith, Prince Philip Icom, Magnificent Matthew Fares, and the Ian Miller Band, Gold Frankincense and Simon Burr, the Slayer Vicky Lou, Gore My Son Thomas Anderson, and Red Rory Herring. To be more like all of them, go to patreon.com forward slash Joe Marler Show, become an official sponsor, get bonus content, and grow the show today. Other potential issues, Joe, that I could see here. Chris, could you tell us what happens in this scenario? You get to the house to do a removal and someone's changed their mind about moving house. Uh, so what we do is, see, <laughs> this, this is real difficult, is because we don't ask for a deposit. So this is a, this has happened once where someone booked us in for an house move and we had a couple of other paid jobs that we could have put in for that. Turn up in the morning, you're banging on your door. No answer. And you just get ghosted and you're just like... Fucking wankers. <laughs> I mean, so, and there's literally nothing you can do about it. There's nothing you can do, no. And you haven't been given a deposit. No. Like... So then, if my lads have come out and say we've say we've had to travel there, then travel back, I still have to pay my lads because obviously they're they're out. They've come out. The house they're still only paying. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, there's times when we've lost money like that, but not it's not often that because weird it is. We don't really do rental to rentals. We've tried to when we when we used to advertise, we tried to like aim our demographics, and we went through all of our jobs. We only do sale to purchases ninety nine percent of the time. One percent is rental to rental. So with a sale to purchase, it's normally going to go through unless the chain collapses in the morning, which that's happened as well. Where you've loaded everyone's stuff into the van, you go to the new house and they say, yeah, it's not happening today. You know, I'll pull it all back in the house again. Have you? You can't <laughs> stick it somewhere else? Nope. And then it's happened with that one woman. We, we happened, the chain collapsed. This was on a Wednesday. She booked in for the following Wednesday and it happened again. And you just oh. stood there. So we left it on the van overnight and luckily the person who she was buying off the next day let her put it into the house that she was moving into. And she would have paid for two removals and not moved. What about a situation where a couple are divorcing 
and you've gone into the house and they've gone, no, that's mine. And this everyone's argument. gone, no, that's mine. Oh, yeah, we've had that. Have you? Yeah, Ooh. we've had that. So, but then you're in a situation where, like, they start having a domestic around you and you're just like, Say you could have done this before we fucking left. Like, do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? And you don't, but you don't want to get involved. But at the end of the day, you, you're ready to you do a job. To. So you say to them, "Look, if your daughter would make a fucking man up, this is going to cost you a lot more money. Like, we're hourly rated. So it's either like you pull your weight, as I go and sit in the van, and let you argue and charge you." So pretty nonsense. Yeah, it's a straight up way to deal with. Yeah, you've got when 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 you've got lads on, especially if you've got another job booked in in the afternoon and they're dragging the reels, and you kind of got to go and give them a bit of a kick up the ass and say, "Look, who the fuck up?" It's quite. It sounds like quite a big responsibility that I'm just picturing you packing up all my house, all my kids' stuff, all my missus' stuff, all my stuff. They're all the things we've collected over how many years. There's lots of memories in there, as also and and also a lot of like value in in the basics of the stuff, TVs and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And then you're I'm trusting you to haul that wherever I'm moving to. Even if it's ten minutes down the road, there's still a chance that you fall in a pothole, the van falls over, it blows up. Oh yeah, and everything sets alight, and they are. are I mean, it's a bit extreme, isn't it? But mm. or, or you get hit by lightning, and you're all safe. Yeah. Still but extreme, the, but yeah. again, too but, extreme. Yeah. Okay, right, a cow comes out, <laughs> and you swerve off, and you head into a bush, and then you get set alight, but you're all fine. <laughs> but your stuff's not. And my stuff's not. Yeah. And even if it's covered by. The insurances yeah. and the public liability and et cetera and all the stuff you got. There's still quite a big responsibility on your shoulders to... Oh, yeah, definitely. It's like, as I mentioned earlier, when someone's trusting you to move their old world, you're like, you've got that added pressure of like, like you go into some houses and you think you've got IKEA furniture, do you know what I mean? It's it, it's going to be rickety anyway. And like, you still take care and stuff like that. Like, we have like sofa protectors and like big quilted covers and we put them on the dirtiest sofas as well as the most expensive sofas. So you treat everyone's stuff. At the end of the day, it's not yours, is it? So at the end of the day, whether it be the tight... So you, but when you go into an house and you're looking around, like we've been into one house and they had loads of real old distress mirrors and you're like there's like five of these mirrors and you know they're about five grand each and you're thinking here one minute I've only got 25 grand worth of cover on my van I can only carry them <laughs> but you do get that yeah you do get that it's especially when you're going into especially antiques and stuff and you're thinking here one minute this is exceeding my goods in transit insurance there's that added pressure there sometimes especially like if a customer's sat ogling you and watching you do it and that actually makes is it that worse, worse? No. because because you sat there thinking shit they're watching me shit they're watching me and then yeah what about like a uh removal tool or gadget that you'd if you got any of them that you'd struggle that you that you rely yeah, I've, upon I've got an Aaron what's an Aaron <laughs> it's my business oh plan. Aaron so, you mean Aaron people say to me you got a sat bar I'm like no I've got him He's that he, good. He's, he's, he's a sack barrer. He's literally, he's a power lifter, so he's just a pure yeah. strength. He just, there's no, if if he comes up to me and says, Chris, that's heavy, you know full well that that guy's been deadly honest when he says that's heavy. When he's got a 350 kg deadlift and like, he picks things up, like, I mean, he did, he did a TikTok, he had a, a safe about that big, 120 kilo. He literally picked it up and just walked off it like it weird now. And then when he put it on, those people saying it's not even 120 kilo. And then when he, he, Provided all the evidence to show that that did weigh 120 kilo, people still didn't believe him. But it's like he's, he, he freaks a lot of people out. 150 kilo plant pots to fly, just picks them up on his own and walks off of them. So he would be your biggest, your tool that you rely upon the most. Yeah, well, he's business partner as well, so he's like he's he's part of the furniture of the company as well. Are there any there? Like, let's pretend for a second we're in Dragon's Den, and we've got shitloads of money, and we're going to invest in a gadget or a tool. Is there anything that would change the removal world 
So I know there's, there's a lot of lifting aids and stuff that people use, and like we're a bit naive in that sense because like I, I spend quite a lot of time in the gym, so as my yeah. business partner, it's like the time we spend loading a sat bar up, we just carry the fucker out. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I know like when we're probably when we're 50s, our backs are fucked. Do you know what I mean? That might be a little bit of a different story, but at the moment. I don't think there's any. What make my what make my life easier and removals if people started using fucking thirty-eight inch doors instead of thirty-three inch doors? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be better. It went from thirty inch to thirty-three inch doors, and in your houses, but if they got even bigger, that that dream. Yeah, that that'd be easier. Chris, I've got your eBay random oddities. Yeah, that's your eBay account. Yeah, you mentioned your TikTok account a couple of times. What? How can I find this tip? To, TikTok uh, the removal account? guys. The removal guys on yeah. TikTok. Do you know what um, TikTok is, Tom? Not really, no. No, so that's maybe only for me to look into. Saying that I didn't until my daughter got me onto it. So. There we go, Chris. See, I didn't. No, no, Chris, you're not meant to help him. <laughs> not meant to help him. You're 12 years younger than him. You're not. You're in my bracket, not his bracket. We should stick to it. Oh, fuck it. Anyway, Chris, it's been brilliant having right. you on. Thank you so much, right, mate. No worries. Top man. Thanks, Chris. Tom, before you speak, I will say this. Salt of the earth. Salt of the earth. Chris is a salt of the earth bloke. Why is it salt of the earth, Joe? Um, I think it comes from uh, the, the, the 1500s when there was a pilgrimage to the Himalayas for uh, Himalayan rock salt. And there was, there was loads of people, pilgrims, that died on that journey in the Himalayas, uh, in the in the in the salt in in the Himalayan rock salt, and their bodies, because humans are very similar to slugs, they just melted into this rock salt and absorbed all the human humanoid uh, human stuff stuff, and that's why people from the north say, "Cool." that person's salt of the earth. It's also, Joe, and by no means have I just looked this up on Wikipedia, I had this knowledge in my head, it's also a phrase used by Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount. Um, it's a track on the Rolling Stones' 1968 album Beggar's Banquet, and it is a documentary, a film made in 2014. Yeah, or we could go with your explanation of that. Either way, I thought Chris was fantastic. If you would like to support the show, you can subscribe on Apple, Spotify and Patreon. For a ludicrously small amount, a single pound a week, you can get bonus content, you can get ad-free longer episodes and you will be Joe... No, you won't be me. Joe, what will they be doing? Growing the show. At the very same time, you can also listen to the show ad-free on Amazon no ads. Music. No ads whatsoever. Literally free oh, of adverts. That's crazy, man. And remember, the live tour is only one month away. If you would like to come and watch us live, there are still some tickets available for Glasgow and the London Palladium and for nowhere else. Click the link in the episode description or search for... The Joe Marler Show. But you don't have to sing it into your search engine. You just you can type it or you can speak it if like you press Siri or the speak option into it. But you don't have to sing the Joe Marler Show. You just say it with words. See you next time, Joe. Maybe. Crowd Network. A place where you belong. Podcast Network.